to the Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay, and we are so happy that you're here joining us. Sitting in church this Sunday, as we lit the first candle on the Advent wreath, it hit me. Here we go. Though this is absolutely a season of preparation and anticipation, it is also a busy time of year for many of us, seeing family and friends to wish them a Merry Christmas. And if you are the one hosting such festivities, well, that just takes things to a different level for sure. But does being hospitable and entertaining guests have to seem insurmountable? Can we welcome people in and warmly open our homes and still have a good time ourselves? Today, we are so excited to launch our very first interview here on the Modern Lady podcast, and we could not be happier that we get to welcome our dear friend, Anita Healy, to the show to share her insights and tips on how to keep the festivities fun. But first, here's Lindsay with this week's etiquette tip, and we are just going to follow this hosting train right into Emily Post's world, right, Lindsay? We sure are. So it's a little Emily Post and it's a little Anita Healy. We had a little bit of a brainstorming session before we started awesome. and we yeah, and we thought, you know what? Who else better to ask? So we thought the tip today is to know your guests. And this is actually like we said in perfect alignment with what Emily Post was talking about too. So we're all on the same page here. And so a few things that we are that we mean with this is do your guests maybe need to come a little bit later because they have small children that they need to get to sleep before the babysitter comes. So think about the timing that works best for them. Do they have a far way to drive? How are the roads? That type of thing. You should also know and be aware of their dietary um, dietary needs and their drink preferences. So ask ahead of time if you're not very close with them, just so you make sure that you're not, you know, serving gluten to somebody who's gluten free, etc. And finally, know their interests so that you can politely and subtly steer the topics perhaps in a way that works for everybody there. Or if there's a lull, you know how to bring up the next thing so that your guests truly feel welcome in your home. That is great. I love that part about knowing a little bit about your guests. And that's something that actually my husband does really well too. And I've been trying to practice it as well. I always ask, how do you make people feel so comfortable when they're talking to you? Because he's not necessarily an extrovert. And he always says he's like, people will feel so comfortable speaking about themselves and what they know. And so, yeah, when, when we're hosting... Uh, why not absolutely put that in the repertoire of being a good hostess? Absolutely. And we always think, too, once you have those first drinks out, everything gets a lot better. (laughs) And so just get the first drinks out, ask them how they're doing, ask about their jobs, and the evening starts, you know, starts to really become comfortable for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as the hostess, you can consider it uh, a job as the hostess and treat it like a a job because not everyone enjoys being that person that has to keep the conversation going until such a time that it can take care of itself. Uh, But if you're going to invite people into your homes, just as important as setting out the napkins and making sure people's drinks are topped up, I think especially if it's a group of people who may not know each other as well before the, the evening, then it certainly is on that checklist of things for you to keep in mind. Absolutely. So I would like to introduce 
our good friend, Anita Healy. And I have known Anita for about maybe four years. Um, And I have been, and I'll say this, privileged to have attended some of the gatherings at her home. And truly, I've been blown away each time that we've been there. You know, and it's more than the food or the drinks or even the ambiance, though. It's really... The really most important thing I found is that it's Anita herself as the hostess, and she's joined by an excellent husband. Um, But it's just really the the couple that they are, the feeling that you feel when they walk into their house, and you walk away feeling like you were really looked after and cared for, and that is a place open and welcome and warm and friendly. So we have a lot to learn from her. I This is an area I'm not that good at. And so we're really, really happy to have our friend Anita here to answer our questions. So I'm going to throw the interview over to Michelle and I'll step out for now. Well, hi, Anita. First of all, welcome to the show. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, you and I met a couple of years ago, and I have uh, so enjoyed getting to know you and hearing a little bit about your your family life. Uh, For our listeners, can you share a little bit about who you are, um, a bit about your family, and really where did this love of entertaining come from? Absolutely, yes. Um, So um, I'm married to Michael for 17 years now. And uh, we live in Cambridge, and we have seven children. Um, The oldest is 16, and the youngest is two. Um, And uh, I have a a background in theology. I went to the University of uh, Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. Um, And so this is just a little bit about me. I I enjoy teaching. I enjoy um, raising my kids. I teach in the parish. I'm staying at home with the children, raising them now. I remember when I first met you actually was at a conference, a women's conference in Toronto, and you had with you your youngest and he was just born. I remember that so clearly. He has the best cheeks. He does. Yes, they are kind of <laughs> chipmunk cheeks. Yeah, he's so he's two years old now and he is he is oh about goodness. five children's worth himself. So he's, he's actually the only he's the only one at home now. So uh, he keeps me pretty busy and on my toes for sure. Oh my gosh, it's amazing how that last one at home, because my, my youngest is also around two years old, and um, I think, I was like, oh my gosh, you uh, have no other distractions but me. This is a world exactly. I'm no longer familiar with. So, <laughs> And I laugh when people say, oh, how nice, you know, all the kids are in school, you only have one at home. And I think, oh my goodness, it is so hard to just have one at home. Yes. They demand everything from you. So I, I definitely hear you on that. Oh, they totally do. Uh, So getting to know you a little bit more, and like you said, you live in Cambridge, so there's a bit of distance between us. A lot of uh, our friendship happens online and on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I have loved following your family adventures and your style, your decorating, how you've been um, doing new things to your house, I find so fascinating. Uh, so So it's apparent to me and those who know you in person that you are actually super mom in the flesh. And <laughs> and in addition in addition to this, I can see that you truly are known as an incredibly gracious hostess. You seem to be able to put together both these large and small events with relative ease, it appears. Uh, so I would be curious uh, to know, is this a skill that you've been learning in your years as a married woman as you raise your family? Or were you raised in a family that did lots of entertaining as you grew up? Well, thank you, first of all, for the beautiful compliments. Um, I am humbled by that. And you know what it is? It's been something that I've grown up with from day one. Um, As long as I can remember, I've been in a home where 
um, my mom has constantly been providing for others and hosting small events like a Sunday dinner um, up to a very large event where, you know, the whole family room is taken apart and they rent tables and there's my communion party um, with everybody I've ever known invited. And um, my grandmother was the same way. My aunts are the same way. Um, it all came down to details. Um, it was all in the details. It was beautiful things. It was fresh flowers. It was uh, homemade um, desserts. It was beautiful roasts and roasted potatoes. And um, the smells that were in the house were always lovely and decadent and delightful. Um, and that's just how I grew up. So that was very normal for me. And on a, on a Sunday, every Sunday, I feel like, and, and maybe my mom would disagree and say, oh, no, it wasn't all the time. But it felt like every Sunday after Mass, we'd say, okay, who's coming today? And it'd be, oh, you know, so-and-so or aunt this person or aunt that person. And um, it was just normal. We, we knew the drill. It was we start tidying. My mom gets her roast in the oven. Um, we set the table in the dining room. Um, out comes the beautiful tablecloth and all the the fine um, dishes and, and the silverware, um, not just the regular cutlery, but the fancy silverware, you know, and mm. that was just normal for us. Um, I'm the youngest of four, and uh, there was definitely this um, normality about the whole thing. We just kind of went to it, each to our own our own jobs to get this all set up. And, um, and that was regular for us. And I was also the recipient of that kind of hosting where my grandmother and aunts and other family members did the same. Um, every event felt like it was a worthy event for the, the special stuff, for the, the beautiful foods and the beautiful decor. Mm-hmm. I love that. So it really just sounds like very much like the family culture. Yes, like it was very sure. much the culture. I love that. And you know what, that was actually one thing that really stuck out to me in some of your pictures was I adore the fresh flowers. They <laughs> really make things pop. And they do. They yeah, really do. Yeah, the most wonderful arrangements. Yeah. And the colors um, seem to match the theme of the party, like the yeah. mood of the party. Which is we wonderful. try. Mm-hmm. And I laugh now. And I was thinking about this as I prepared for the podcast today. And I thought, you know, back in the day when my mom was doing this and my grandmother, there was no Pinterest. There was no home mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And I think of how easy it's become for us now in this culture. And for me, I think like, oh, my goodness, am I breaking the rules because it's easy? <laughs> like my grandmother would have had to toil and, and work a lot harder to produce that type of beauty because it wasn't as affordable. Today, it's like, you can get really beautiful stuff at Dollarama. You know, it's not about how much money you're spending on these details. It's it's how you're pulling it all together. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't appreciate fresh flowers or care to have them in the home. Um, but a lot of people, oh, what's the point? You know, you're wasting money. It's going to die anyway. Well, you know what? A, a $6.99 bouquet of, of tulips that sits on your table for seven or eight days, it brings it brings beauty in the home and people walk in and go, wow, like there is something different here. And that's $6.99, you know, it's not like I'm calling a florist and having a special um, floral arrangement made for these events. So it is, it is in those small details. Um, and that's what I picked up in my youth. And, um, and of course, as I became a, a, a housewife myself and having my own family, um, I tried to to learn and to replicate some of what I'd seen through my youth, and um, some of it came a little harder than other things. Um, I remember the first few parties I threw um, for my daughter's baptism, for example, my first child. 
I remember calling my mom probably every hour in the days leading up to it, you know, like, what time do I have to put the roast in? And how many potatoes am I supposed to cook? And what time do you, you know, start this? And how do I time everything? And which table should I put there? How should I put it out? And it, it was all, it's, it's almost like I innately knew what had to be done, but had no idea how did my mother pull it together at the end. Um, and even today, I can show up at my mom's house with my whole family and she'll be like, oh, you guys going to stay for dinner? And she pulls out a beautiful roast from the freezer. She throws together potatoes. And next thing you know, you feel like you're having a Christmas dinner. Um, so that's just how she rolls. And and I feel like that's what I've picked up from her. And I've tried. I mean, she does it with a lot more grace. I will give her that. Uh, but I have tried over the years to work towards that. I mean, she has 30 years on me. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I figure yeah. in 30 years from now, maybe I'll be as graceful as she is as she does it. That's right. Well, yeah, with all the practice you get, you're certainly on your way. And I love that point about how it doesn't have to be um, overcomplicated and overpriced. And it really, hosting an entertainment is really about this um, considering what people need and practicing, and that practicing makes perfect. And you will get to find your rhythm over these years and decades. And there Absolutely. is not necessarily an, an end game. You've reached hostess perfection, right? Absolutely. And I think yeah. like anything else that's worth doing, you practice, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's not going to come natural the first time. And like I said, my first, actually that baptism that I referred to, I was making, I, I cheated and I did those boxed potatoes. You know, mm -hmm. you have to add water yes. and butter. Uh -huh. I did not know how to do the math to get the consistency right. And I ended oh. up making like, it ended up being like a soup. And oh. I was dying in the kitchen because I didn't have a backup <laughs> plan. And you know, yes. and there's things like that. To this day, my mom will laugh about with me because I was trying to do the math and she was laughing and I couldn't do it. And you know, and it's like, okay, I don't do that anymore. I don't make that same mistake, right? So you do learn from your mistakes, you laugh about them, and you practice. So the more you host, the the more of a rhythm it becomes. And, and you kind of just know, okay, we've got a party next Saturday. So then you just kind of go into this um, mode or a zone of planning. And it, and it sort of just, the more you have experienced the hosting, then you kind of know what the week before looks like in the days before and the hours before. Um, there is a rhythm and um, that practice is really what makes it more pleasant in the end. So if there's one message for the listeners is, is just do it. <laughs> right. The more you do it, the better you'll get at it for sure. Yes. Jump right in. That's yep. great. Now, I remember seeing pictures of your birthday party this fall, yes. and it yep. looked amazing. Did your husband plan this for you? My husband planned the whole <gasps> thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my I had gosh. nothing to do with the planning. All I knew was that wow. it was happening. Uh -huh. um, but that is that is the extent of my um, collaborating in that. So wow. he he planned the whole thing. He um, he did hire a caterer. Mm -hmm. uh, because he mm -hmm. knew that actually it was sweet. The reason he hired the caterer is not because he couldn't have figured out how to produce the food himself. And he would have had my sisters and everybody pitch in a little bit. Um, but he did it because he knew that it would stress me out to have people working in the kitchen and not be able to go in and sort of help with the kitchen work or, you know, what, are, what are you looking for? Can I help you find the tray? It's so there was a lot of thought put into that as well, that the catering meant that I could just as the, um, the person who lives in the home, but also the, the, the birthday girl, <laughs> yeah, that I didn't have to think about any of that. So, yep, he had it catered. He had all the decorating done. My sister helped him with that. 
Um, and it was all pulled together with, you know, pumpkins and, you know, that beautiful burlap ribbon from Dollarama that cost you a buck 25 and <laughs> beautiful bouquets put together from Zares. Like it, it was just, um, it was very, very beautiful, very tasteful and very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thoughtful was what I was going to say. And he seems yeah. to enjoy hosting parties just as much as you do. And that's so much fun and such a gift when you're able to do that together. I remember growing up when my parents would throw parties, my mom would generally take charge of the menu and the cooking and the scheduling of the guests and things like that. And my dad, conversely, was excellent at setting up the house and choosing a drink menu and engaging the guests as they came into the house. And it was like this dance that they did. And they both knew so well after so many years. So when you and Michael tag team entertaining now... Uh, how do you divide the workload and are there certain things that uh, Michael always looks after uh, and that you always handle or does it change with each event? That is a great question. And you know what? You just described it when you described your own parents. That's very much what it's become. Um, I would say Michael uh, has grown into that hosting a lot over the years. He always enjoyed it, but it wasn't natural at first for him to know kind of what has to happen. Um, and so as a team, we've figured out what works for us. And as you say, with your parents, I mean, Michael does the sort of the the, the heavy lifting, if you'll call it that. I mean, he'll help with setting up the tables, where are we going to, you know, put the bar and um, getting the vacuuming done so that my only job is to produce and pr- provide the food and and to put those beautifying touches everywhere. So um, he knows I'm going to need time to put flowers together at the end and to make sure that I have the right linens out, even to the point where if I'm running late, he'll run up to the linen cupboard and say, which tablecloths are you using, you know, and make sure that I have the right ones and that they match. And um, so, yeah, in terms of, of teamwork, it's it's become very, very good over the years where we, we know exactly, we kind of go into, again, that rhythm. And he knows that he's in charge of um, getting the bar set up and providing the drinks and even and making sure we have all the right drinks in the bar and taking care of the company as they arrive so that those last minute touches that I'm taking care of and making sure the food's coming out warm as the company arrives, um, everyone is well looked after and feels uh, welcome and comfortable as they arrive. Right. And I love that. And uh, you know what is so funny is that so I grew up um, watching my parents very similar to you and Michael. And without discussing it, my husband, uh, Phil, and I, we have kind of settled into the opposite because Phil enjoys cooking. He just Mm -hmm. loves to cook. And so uh, I'm the one moving things around and welcoming people in and getting drinks and he's in the kitchen. But it really goes to show that there is no... um, set rules for hosting. You do what works for you. And um, when you're doing it together, any situation, any circumstance can be fun. Um, When I'm hosting a get together, you know, there are some events that it doesn't matter how prepared in advance I, I am, that day of party prep can quickly ramp up and it can sometimes get overwhelming. Uh, I think that's the nature of the beast. <laughs> but do you have any strategies on how you keep your cool when the day arrives? And there are so many things to do. And in our case, too, there are many children in the house yeah. doing their thing. The countdown is on. Uh, what do you do in those times? Well, I will admit that it has gotten better over the years. So that level of stress um, was much more pronounced in those first few years of 
of hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say that I'm not stressed at all anymore, but it's it's a different stress. It's not an anxious stress, and I'm not yelling at the kids to <laughs> put that over there. And oh my gosh, who you know who spilled this? And where are you? And why are you doing that? Um, it's not like that anymore. It it was at one point. Now now it's much more calm. It's just like a it's like you put your game face on, you know? Mm. And so mm-hmm. I won't call it stress so much as it is more just, okay, concentrated. We are we are now in the zone. We are now <laughs> hosting today. And I mean, yes. really, it does, it does come down to the planning ahead of time, to be honest. Um, you have to have had the plans in place leading up to the day. Now, on that note, I will say my husband is the king of spontaneity when it comes to hosting people. He will say to me on a Saturday morning, hey, do you want to have friends over tonight? And I'm thinking, uh, sure. And I'm like, what are you thinking? He says, oh, I don't know. Maybe we can do a dinner with, you know, such and such couple. And my first reaction is, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then I kind of go, okay, we can do this. And, you right. know, it's a quick, a quick text to that couple. And then it's just like we literally press the go button on that job. And it's just it is like clockwork now. Um, so how do we keep our cool? We just, we stick to the tasks at hand. We don't, don't go over and above. I mean, your upstairs bathrooms don't need to be clean for your company. Maybe you'll disagree with me. I've had very, very few times where somebody will just wander up the stairs. So if I don't have time to make sure the whole house is, you know, company perfect, I don't sweat it at all. Um, you know, priority for me is that when they walk in the house, it feels tidy and warm and welcoming and that the whole you know main level is is tidy and um, ultimately that's really all I stress about to be honest keeping my cool means making sure that I know that each of the kids are in line (laughs) that they know what they have to get done and the funny thing is 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 that they know the drill they know exactly what has to happen and they know to sort of stay out of the way where when when you know in the kitchen area for example or um Having seven children means that I can have a variety of help. I'll have the older kids. Um, the older four kids are actually all girls, and they're very naturally inclined to um, to want to host as well. So oh, I've nice. actually, this is just a side note, I've enjoyed watching them learn over the years as well. And they've really taken up to the idea of decorating and producing or, you know, providing a beautiful space for our company. Um, So, you know, my 12 year old will go upstairs and get the nice towels for the bathroom and make sure that there's a candle in there. And, you know, the, the girls all like to really make things special in the house when we have company coming. And so I think all that has contributed to helping me keep cool because everybody's in on it and everybody knows the drill now. That is awesome. Yeah, I was I was very curious actually to to ask how you get your family involved. So that was so nice to hear that your daughters, like you yourself, when you were a girl, are yeah. swept up into that that culture. It's just a thing your family does, and That's they've right. embraced yeah. it. That's really beautiful to see. I've also learned that when I'm yelling and stressed out, they just want to stay away. They don't want to help. <laughs> they want to stay out of my way, right? right? So, you know, you have to really kind of check yourself and say, look, what 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 am I trying to produce here? Am I trying to produce a beautiful home so that my company can feel welcome? Because if that's what I'm doing, then our children are part of our home. My husband is, our, is part of our home. It's not just me, the woman of the house, who's going to do this single-handedly, right? So to get everybody on board... And for all of them to grow in an understanding and appreciation for what it is to host, 
Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not meant to be a chore or a bore or a frustrating event. It's it's meant to be a gift. You know, it's it's you opening up your home and your and your life, your family to other people. So having the kids um, participate in that means that they um, that they'll grow to enjoy it and not resent it. And then I think when your kids are happy, you kind of tend to be cooler too, right? You don't mm-hmm. you don't get that same level of stress when you feel like you're doing this alone. And that you're fighting everybody along the way to, to keep calm. So, Right. I, I like that. Like, no amount of candles can diffuse tension for your no, guests. No, absolutely. Right? So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> have exactly. your priorities in check here. Your family comes first, even when you have guests coming yep. over. Oh, that is great. And yeah, so I have loved seeing all the different kinds of parties you and your family have hosted and um, even going back over the years. Mm. Actually, the one I really loved, the one that I saw, was it a... Um, a night at the Oscars? Did you yes, do that one? Actually, that so I did. Fun. <laughs> I did. That was for my daughter, my eldest daughter. I think it was her thirteenth birthday in grade eight, uh-huh. and she had she must have come across the theme somewhere, probably on Pinterest, and said, "Hey, mommy, can we do this?" <laughs> um, so we actually did. Yeah, we we had uh, I don't know eight or ten teenage girls, thirteen year old girls. They all had to dress up um, Oscar worthy, and mm-hmm. um, we set a beautiful white tablecloth in the dining room and made them a sit down dinner. And there was a red carpet when they came in and decorations and it was it was pretty special but oh. it was all very very affordable <laughs> right yeah <laughs> I love that. yeah it was spaghetti that they ate but because they sat at a table with dishes right and real forks and knives yes um, they felt like it was pretty special and it wasn't pizza or hot dogs so that's great that I was, was gonna say fun. they could twirl with the fancy forks <laughs> that's right <laughs> um so do you have a favorite type of party to host? Yeah, actually, I would say our preference, and I speak for for Michael and I, that we love hosting the outdoor backyard evening party. Mm. That's really where we um, are the most comfortable and the happiest. Um, Part of that is, is I find my home, the kitchen area where I have to do a lot of the cooking and hosting becomes tight for me when I have a lot of guests. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have a backyard that lends itself to hosting. So we do the ambiance, you know, we we have candles everywhere. We have an outdoor fire pit. Um, There's outdoor speakers and uh, you know, we just like to create that cozy ambiance. And of course, the food is easier when it's outside. You can use the barbecue. And there's nothing wrong with hot dog parties. Don't get me wrong. We do hot dog parties. But when we're trying to elevate it and make it like a nice evening out for couples, um, that's where the charcuterie boards are nice. You know, oh, I I yes. really rely on those. I will say we've got a couple of nice um, cutting boards, uh, big, large boards. And I like to just go to Costco and buy whatever cheeses happen to be on sale or whatever catch my eye that day. Some salami or prosciutto and whatever sausages are there, a package of grapes. You put that on a beautiful wooden tray and people are just like, wow, you know, when did you have the time? And you think, I just went to Costco an hour before you got here. Right. (laughs) You know, it looks special. People feel like it's special because you don't eat that Mm -hmm. every day. And you know, the baguettes at Costco or Zares even, um, they're beautiful. So pick up a few baguettes, some some gluten-free crackers if you have any gluten-free guests coming. And mm-hmm. something as simple as the cheese and, and salami, you can really have friends over and linger over that for hours with a glass of wine. And mm-hmm. so those are the easy ways. They're very affordable. So that is our preferred uh, event for sure. It's a lot more comfortable <laughs> than being inside. 
I love that idea. Oh my gosh, that sounds so great. And we're heading into winter now, and now all yeah. I want to do is sit outside with a charcuterie yeah, board. That's right. and a glass of wine. <laughs> well, you know what? You can do it inside too. That's right. <laughs> to me, yeah, it's all about creating beauty and mm-hmm. creating ambiance for your company. So one last thing, I know our listeners and us, we are dying to know if you have any tips for us, and especially I'm thinking um, something that might help someone who is perhaps hosting even for the first time this holiday season, you know, a, a bit of encouragement or a tip to, like you said, just jump right in and to go ahead and feel confident enough to invite people over. Do you have any words of encouragement? I will say this hospitality is a gift. It's a gift you're giving to your friends. And I know I said it before, and and I don't want to repeat myself here, but this is really what it comes down to is that love serves. So when you love the people you're having over, it feels like a gift you're giving as opposed to a chore. And I think it, it really does come down to that. And when I think about a tip, I mean, sure, there's some practical things like, you know, go to HomeSense to buy your napkins. They have the cutest Christmas napkins. You know, they have the the beautiful towels you can put in your main level bathroom so that when your company's washing their hands, they go, oh, look at these cute little towels. They cost you $5.99, right? Um, those are easy tips. But the real thing that I think will will help people to kind of move from that place of anxiety to just taking the step in faith is is realizing that what you have to offer is a beautiful gift to some people who maybe don't ever get to experience that type of hospitality. Um, to me, it's also about intimacy. So when someone comes into my home, I'm essentially opening up my heart to them. And that's how Michael and I see it. We see it as a gift to other people. And so I want to give good gifts to my friends. I want to make them feel loved and um, not it's not stifled. It's not um, contrived, you know, it's just very open. And um, maybe that comes in all the little details and the way you welcome them. And when they come in the door, you're quick to grab their coat and, you know, pour them a drink and give them a seat. Those are the things that we all know you have to do when you're hosting. Mm -hmm. But I really think if you don't have the heart there for it, it doesn't matter how many drinks you offer, they're not going to feel welcomed. So um, if you're afraid to host this Christmas, put those fears aside Mm -hmm. and just look at it as what do I have to offer? What do I have to offer my friends? How can I make them feel loved at Christmas? Maybe I don't know how to make a beautiful roast. I won't make a roast then. If that causes you too much stress to put a roast in, don't put a roast in. You know, you're not Martha Stewart, then don't pretend to be Martha Stewart. Um, But it isn't hard, like I said, to say, okay, you know, I've never hosted or I haven't hosted in years. I'm going to go to Zare's. I'm going to grab a couple poinsettias or a little bouquet, you know, don't have to break the bank, put it on the table, light a few fresh pillar candles and put some Christmas music on. From that moment forward, you can't go wrong. When you create a place where your your company feels comfortable and at ease, everything you have to offer them when it comes from a place of love is going to be received beautifully. Because when you do that, that's, you know, beauty is, 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 sacred and it's special and and that think that's the intimacy that you're you're inviting them to okay ladies it's time for our what we're loving this week segment of the show and i'm so glad anita has acquiesced to sticking around to share her love from this past week and we do still have Lindsay here somewhere too 
Yep. She's Hello, still here. I'm still Hi. here. I'm actually wiping tears from the end of that interview. It was so good. Can you guys see why we just love her so much to share? Oh, it was yes. so good. Yes. So, Anita, we will start with you today. And what have you been loving this past week? Well, ladies, how can you not love faux fur? I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. Okay. With listen, I was listening to the podcast and the whole episode on huga uh-huh. um, is something that I have been adopting for the last couple of years, thanks to Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And um, with Christmas upon us, I wanted a few new throw pillows for the couch to make it seasonal. And I have had my eye on this faux fur throw in the Pottery Barn catalog that is like $300. (laughs) And I think, yeah, that's not in my budget. I mean, I don't think most people are going to buy a $300 throw. My friends, I found a $35 throw at Zares that looks exactly like the one at Pottery Barn. And I bought it. And I'm loving it this week. Deals. It is on my couch. And every time I walk by, it brings me joy. (gasps) Because it makes my family room look cozy, warm, and welcoming. Yes. That is the best. It is those little things that bring that little bit of joy. And like you're saying, it doesn't break the bank. And there are things that I bought my red pillows from Ikea. Every time I look at it. They were like $9. Yeah. Full Mm -hmm. of joy. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's awesome. I'm glad you're loving that. Loving it. And go check it out, ladies, if you need a new throw for your Christmas decor. Perfect. We're always up for new throws. (laughs) You can't, (laughs) you almost can't have enough this time of year. It's true. Well, with seven kids and everyone's pulling one from you while watching a movie. Yeah. And Michelle, I, I get the fur though. Michelle is a throw addict. She has I admitted am. that oh, in public the and on the internet. Okay. Yeah. Good. Everyone knows it. Well, I'm with you on that, Michelle. It's mm-hmm. out there. Yes. And what about you, Lindsay? What have you been loving this week? Well, Michelle, it's been a couple of weeks since we've mentioned murder. So <laughs> it's safe now. It's safe now. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Back to murder. Um, I, I have briefly mentioned the show Shetland and they just recently put the third season on Netflix. And it is a Scandi noir that's been adapted to like the northern British Isles and this island of Shetland. And it is outstanding. It's just the perfect speaking of Huga, um, mm-hmm. show to watch and curl up because the landscape is so striking and in some ways barren, but beautiful. And they have very heavy accents. So this sounds silly, but we may have to watch this one with the subtitles on. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just a tip. So don't feel silly if you have to put the subtitles on. Um, but it is just really well written it's slow moving but it's it's just a great show so season three that's what we're catching up on right now shetland it's on uh netflix we are big fans what about you michelle what are you loving well my love is also on netflix and i know i plugged it to you Lindsay, this weekend but for family movie night last week we watched Mm -hmm. the netflix uh produced cartoon movie angela's christmas And we were looking for something a little bit shorter than our usual full-length feature because the kids were unwell. Uh, But we still wanted to have our movie night. And Angela's Christmas was just so sweet. That is the best word I can think to describe it. Um, It's based on the short story by Frank McCourt. 
And I think he wrote um, Angela's Ashes. But Angela's Christmas focuses on a little girl, and she is part of um, a bigger Irish family. Their family is is poor, but they are going to Midnight Mass on Christmas. And she notices the baby Jesus in the manger and uh, is really kind of uh, indignant that he no one has covered him. <laughs> and she's like, He's, he looks so cold. So this short film goes through her her thoughts and her adventures in um once she realizes this that the baby jesus is cold and something must be done so i would recommend that my children were enthralled i was wiping away tears at one point and uh, it's sure to be a classic from now on i can see it becoming a, a classic Based on your recommendation, we did watch it too. And like you, I was tearing up. I guess I cry a lot, Um, but it was really good. And then I saw that there's actually um, a book of it. Like they made it into a children's Christmas story as well, like separate from, I have read Angela's Ashes, but I read it probably 20 years ago when it came out. So I don't recall if that story is in the book, Mm -hmm. Um, but I saw that Kendra Tierney at Catholic All Year on Instagram, um, they bring out the baby in the manger, right? Jesus. And they read the book as a family. So it would be a great addition to our Christmas libraries. That is, I didn't know it was a book and I kind of love that tradition of reading it with kids around your own family crushes and Mm -hmm. nativity scenes. That's beautiful. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week, Lindsay. How can people find us? Well, you can find us on Facebook at The Modern Lady Podcast and you can find us on Instagram under the same name and you can find Michelle at M-M-Sachs-S-A-C-H-S and I am at Linny Autumn, L-I-N-N-I-E-A-U-T-U-M-N. And we'd love it if you follow us. And we just want to thank everybody again, once again, for the discussions, for the comments, for the ratings. You all are just so incredible. We have loved the community that we're creating here. And we're just so thankful. And we want to thank Anita for coming mm-hmm. and joining us. This was so much fun. You were such a great first thank interview. You. I had so much fun. Yes. Oh, my thank goodness. You. Now I think, yes, now <laughs> we should just add a third co-host because she is outstanding. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So So, true. Thanks for having me, ladies. It was our pleasure. Anytime. The door is always open. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Mm